What's going on, everybody? Another episode of Four Transplants and a Microphone coming to you live, talking about cities around the world and how they compare to Charlotte, along with the Charlotte business scene from a local CFO who is also a transplant. We'll get to him in a second, our very special guest and friend. But for starters, we'll do some quick voice intros. This, of course, has been Jack Tompkins with Pineapple Consulting. Brandon. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Brandon <laughs> Superior Data Solutions. Really excited to introduce himself. I don't hate that. And then we've got Brian. What's going on, Brian? Hey, guys. How's everybody doing? Brian, owner of Made in Johnson. Excellent. And today, our special guest is Terrell Turner with the TL Turner Group, Fractional CFOs. And so, Terrell, thank you so much for coming, man. Tell us about yourself. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, so I am a transplant to Charlotte. My dad was in the military, so we moved a good bit, and I just kind of kept that into my early adulthood. Move, living in, like, you know, from Brazil to Chicago to D.C., Cincinnati, and now here, my wife and I live in Charlotte and run a CFO and bookkeeping firm, helping a lot of service-based businesses. Very nice. Awesome. So... Okay, so that's a lot of cities. So did you have, and you don't have to say Charlotte, but did you have a favorite of the cities that you have lived in so far? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I would say Charlotte is our favorite city. I nice. Mean, now, for my wife, she says the same thing, and my wife was originally born in Kenya. Okay. So she grew up in Africa for like the first 10, 11 years of her life. Okay. And even in the places she's moved to, you know, Charlotte is like our top city on our list. Nice. That's awesome. How So what was the most, have you spent the most time in Charlotte at this point? No, actually we've been in Charlotte for three years. Okay. So we spent about three and a half years, four years in Cincinnati. Okay. And what did you think, and this, Brian, you'll chime into this one. What did you think about Cincinnati and did you visit, does, ugh, did you visit Cleveland at all? So we never visited Cleveland. You're not missing um, anything, don't worry. We, we, <laughs> <laughs> We did visit Columbus. Okay. Um, okay. We never made it over to Cleveland. I will say is Cincinnati was, you know, we, my wife and I, we got married, and like within like two weeks, we were in a car driving to Cincinnati, and when we were driving there, the way we went in past several cornfields to where my wife looks at me and she's like, we were moving from D.C., so she was like, where are you taking? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I'm like, don't awesome. I'm like, don't worry, there are houses here. Yeah, <laughs> there's people, I promise. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it, it was a good city. I mean, I guess you would say is we didn't have any family there. So, I mean, I guess, you know, early marriage. I mean, hey, you know, we really got to know each other very well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a good first test. Just get it all out of the way. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, we like Cincinnati. Now I mean, it was a good city, I think. You know, Cincinnati is what I would call like an older version of Charlotte to where, you know, people go there kind of to, you know, if they have children, they're like, hey, it's a great place to raise children, great place if it's going, you want a slower pace of things. Okay. But we were just, I want a city that's still kind of growing. Right. I mean, Cincinnati's kind of, I guess you say in the life cycle, it's settled down, whereas yeah. Charlotte's still growing. So we were like, you know, we liked a city that was growing, so Charlotte was definitely one top one on our list to move to. Gotcha. Very nice. I like it. And it totally makes sense, too, because Charlotte is growing like crazy. We talked about it a lot on this podcast, so there's 100-plus people moving here a day, and from all different ages and all different places around the world, not even just the country. Brian, were you going to chime in there about some Ohio comments? Well, I was going to say, to fact-check you correctly, I'm actually not from Cleveland. I live closer to Columbus than I did Cleveland but I was between the two. 
And then the other thing, this is interesting. I just had to do that, Jack. Sorry. Oh, yeah, can we get and a then, Jack the uh, Fact for Brian right there? Yeah. <laughs> that's right. That's right. You got to let me know. It's um, on the wrong screen. But the uh, Cincinnati is also the Queen City. You have said that, yes. So. That is very true. I know. True. I was going to say, I thought we referenced that one. I think yeah. you were talking uh, about fireworks on a boat in Cincinnati, I believe, is what. Oh, yeah. Some, that, like, that July 4th cruise. Right. Yeah. yeah that, that got the buzzer yeah. when you said fireworks shows. And right. I was like. <laughs> you know, that was always an interesting no, discussion but, for people. Like, when I talk to people, tell people we were moving to Charlotte, yeah. they're like, oh, you're moving to the second Queen City. And I'm just like, well. I grew up in South Carolina, so to me, Charlotte is the queen city. Oh, yeah. Cincinnati's <laughs> the knockoff. Right. <laughs> oh, I love it. One of the cool things I remember driving through Cincinnati, because I don't know in which road trip I was on that I drew, is the uh, when you're going, I don't know what freeway it is, but you're passing Red Stadium, and it's, I mean, literally on the freeway, that's and cool. there's a section that says rounding third, so I'm assuming that's on the third base side. And it's a brick mural of like a someone running down a baseline, and it on the top of it says cool. "Rounding Third. And I was like, "That's kind of cool." Yeah. And then Bengal Stadium is like this far from Red Stadium. Oh, really? Yeah, it's like inches. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I will say they did a really good job of like positioning the stadiums, like because the stadiums are like literally like you have the water, you have Kentucky, you have the water, and then you have the stadiums as soon as you get in where you have. The Red Stadium, you have the Bengal Stadium, and I guess for years they've kind of pushed to try to have some basketball presence in Cincinnati. Okay. It hasn't really worked out, right? but they have another arena next to the Red Stadium. So on game days, it's very nice. Yeah. Now, when there's not a game day, that means that area is usually pretty quiet. Yeah. <laughs> That makes sense. That'll do it. That's so we're, we've talked in the past with some other guys about the Panther Stadium, and obviously we've got all four sports here, at least two professional. I guess now three with Charlotte FC, and we were talking about kind of not just like the tailgating scene around the Panthers game and stuff like that, but just the scene in Uptown for a game or on any sort of game day. It's not necessarily quiet. It's not packed as you would in a place that has nothing else to do but have, are you a big sports fan have you gone to a lot of the games here yeah so i've been to several of the games and i mean i actually think that the way charlotte has like you know kind of put some space between their stadiums i mean from you got the hornets on like one section of downtown the yeah. panthers on the other i remember there was like maybe a few months ago I went to a basketball game and that same, it was actually the opening day of the FC football club. Nice. Like downtown was just crazy busy. Yeah. I mean, and it was exciting to be down there. Even if you weren't going to the game, like it had just been exciting to be down there. Now, it's a lot of energy. Awful driving out. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that sounds about right. <laughs> but it was a cool environment. Though. It was. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's one of those things you really like about a city is. Like, hey, when you have citywide events like that, people are there really to have a good time and enjoy. And I think, you know, the way that downtown is situated, I think it, it really makes it great for that. Yeah. Whereas like some of the other cities I've been to, like I'll say, you know, Cincinnati, where it's like the stadiums are like at the edge of the city. So when you leave that area, everybody's headed north away from that area to where you don't really get as much of a concentration of people there having a good time and stuff like that. Right. No, that's such a good point. And Charlotte's done okay with that. 
Uh, maybe not the best, but certainly not the worst either. I would, were you going to, was that, would maybe a brown mm-hmm. salmon in there? No, no. No, and like I said, it, kind of talking about it previously, is the way cities develop their stadium presence. Some, it just happened to be that way, like we're talking about Chicago and Cubs Stadium and how they have all the cars, and it's just, you don't even have to go to the yeah. game. Right. It's just a cool place to be. Yeah. And it's funny, is one of my favorite stadiums I've been to so far has been the Nationals. It kind of sucks where it's at, because it's, I mean, it's literally at the end of a subway line. And when you get oh. out of the subway and you walk, it's like a line of street vendors. And then you get into the stadium. Once you're in the stadium, it's amazing. Like, But leaving, don't miss that last train. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually, So I, I did want to ask you about that. So <laughs> I, I have visited D.C., been there several times. I wouldn't say many. It's a really cool city. But in terms of living there, because part of this podcast is for people moving to Charlotte or thinking about moving to Charlotte, doing business here. Somebody from the north or even from like Ohio might be considering DC or Charlotte. Give us like a good, bad, pro, con, give us initial thoughts, DC versus Charlotte. Okay, so where I lived in DC was, I guess you say just over the border, like in Virginia to where like from my balcony, I can see the Washington Monument. Oh wow. I wasn't like in downtown DC, but close enough to where I could see the Washington Monument. And like whenever they did fireworks at the White House, I walk out on my balcony, I can see them. That's cool. Um, So I was close enough. Now I will say is if someone's considering DC, the first thing I would tell them is you have to understand, like if you're going to work in the city, it's do you want to get rid of your car? (laughs) (laughs) True. You know, you're going to spend a lot of time in traffic. I think every time I go back to visit D.C., because, like, both my mother and father are from D.C. Gotcha. And now my wife's mother lives in Maryland, so just outside of D.C. And so every time we go back, you know, we enjoy being in the city, the environment, but we are always reminded, this is why I don't want to live here. (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. (laughs) It's I've been to D.C. probably five or six times. It's one of the coolest cities I've ever been to. It's very unique in a lot of ways. It's, I don't want to say it's like Vegas in the aspect of the partying, but it's one of those things you have to go see. You have to go experience. You have to go see it. It's like New York. You have to go see it. You have to go experience. It's a whole other thing. There's nothing else like it that I've ever been to that's like D.C. And... We were, I think we stayed in a hotel that was probably maybe a half mile from the Capitol building. And it was in that, I feel like D.C., and maybe you can say yes or no to this, it's in like a renaissance phase where they're trying to bring more people to D.C. or in that surrounding area. Like young people, they're building these like really expensive, they're not, I guess they are expensive, but these like townhomes and condos and but it's like a weird mix like the cops are everywhere because you have homeless and professionals side by side shaking hands walking down the street together and it's the weirdest thing is like we stayed at the Hyatt it was a bad neighborhood like it just (laughs) was not a good but right across the street were probably condos that were half a million dollars wow with homeless in front of them and it's like it was just a weird vibe, but they're trying to get it. It's kind of like what L.A. is going through. They're trying to rebuild the city, 
and trying to get it to where people live in LA and try to live in DC where you can walk to work. You don't need a car. Mm. You can hit the subway and go, or the Metro, sorry. <laughs> your, you know the lingo, that's important. Get your that's Metro something. card. Yeah. That's and go hit Metro and go to where you need to go. And you yeah. can walk anywhere you really need to once you get, if you're in DC itself. But I mean, their subway system is really done well. Yeah. And it's a, it, like I said, it's a cool town. Like, I, it would be somewhere I'd consider living if, really? if I didn't want to be in the city. <laughs> you know, if I didn't, my aversion wasn't to living in the city, DC would be a spot I would pick. Okay. I mean, it is, I will say, it is very nice city. I think the way they've done a great job of just all the monuments and the museums to where, like, you know, I lived there for a while and even though I visited when I was a kid going back like every summer and sometimes in the springs, but it wasn't until I was an adult and I was like, you know, I'm just going to go down to the, you know, the Washington Monument, the mall there, or, or the Washington Mall is what they, where you can walk from like the Lincoln Memorial down to the Capitol building. I mean, and it is a very walkable route. I mean, yeah. we all see it usually every four years where, you know, whoever the president is, you know, for the inauguration, they walk down the street. Like, you can actually walk that same path. And yeah. there's so many cool things to see there. And I would say is, for someone who's considering living there, like I said, if you live and work in the city, I think it can be phenomenal because you can get around on foot. Right. Now, what ends up happening for a lot of people is, you know, they move there and they want to buy a house or they want a little bit more space and so end up buying a house in, like, Maryland or Virginia just across the bridge. And then they have to commute in every day. Mm. <laughs> Bad move. That's tough. That sounds tough. <laughs> and so they have been like for years they've been working on like trying to renovate parts of the city. I mean, because DC is a very old city. Yeah. I mean, they've been working on trying to renovate different parts of the city, attract more people to actually live in the city versus trying to commute in and out every day. Yeah. And I bet COVID didn't help that initiative. But no, it's like, you know, I think of cities like D.C., cities like, you know, Chicago, New York, and probably L.A. Like, people are just like, hey, it's pretty expensive to live here. Since my company's going full remote, right? I have a client that's a marketing agency, I mean, in D.C., and they just kind of decided, hey, we're just going to use all, everybody's going to work remote. We're going to end the lease and we have no plans of going back into the office because it's just it is quite expensive right. to be in the city there yeah okay so that's a good transition too to, to now more of a business focus so obviously you have a fair amount of customers or clients in charlotte and we've talked about the restaurant scene here before i know you have a few restaurants in your i'll call it portfolio what do you think of the restaurant scene in charlotte compared to a dc or a chicago or any of the places that you've lived really yeah, I mean, I think I really like the restaurant scene in Charlotte because one of the things that you experience in some of those, you know, cities like D.C. or Chicago, or even when I think about living in Sao Paulo, Brazil, is like, you just get overwhelmed with the options. Okay. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> it is true. You can get a little bit of everything. And I mean, and I experienced the same thing, like, you know, about a month and a half ago when I was in London for like about two weeks. Mm. It is true. You can get a little bit of everything there, but like trying to decide like where do we want to go becomes a bit overwhelming. Yeah. Whereas Charlotte, you do get a taste of a lot of things. 
but the options aren't like so overwhelming that you just end up, you know, like Netflix, just scrolling the yeah. whole time. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually, I like that because we've talked before in previous episodes of Charlotte, it doesn't quite have an identity yet. There's no distinct neighborhoods in terms of food or different culture food or anything like that. But there is, all of it is here, just in some sort of pocket or not. Right, I, I think. Jack, the problem you've got with that is it's because too many people are from Ohio and they didn't have it up there either. So they brought nothing down with them. Yeah, yeah all you Ohioans just come here and just take. There's no giving. Oh, hey. <laughs> I guarantee Connecticut we're didn't about, have crappy we're all about there. <laughs> we had pizza. And that's it. But we had pizza. <laughs> the pizza's good here. I will give you the pizza is good here. You think the pizza's good in Charlotte? It's decent, yeah. yeah. I mean, I've had this place right around the corner from a place that turned for pizza, and it's pretty good. At Protagonist, right down the street from where we are. I forget if I said we're broadcasting again from Brewers at 401 Yancey or 4001 Yancey. And pizza here, very good. Pizza here's very good. Protagonist, another brewery down the street, is also very good. But, okay, so good restaurants, good variety at the very yeah. least, pretty decent options. Business-wise, have you seen anything in the restaurant industry or even just, because I know you focus on law firms as well, in the entire business environment, have you seen a massive growth in Charlotte? Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I mean, definitely seen a lot of positive energy around you know Charlotte's business scene because I think especially in the startup space and you have you know the banks here, I mean, mm-hmm. you have a lot of companies that are looking to bring more tech talent here to Charlotte, I think, which is great. Now, one of the things I think that's really good about Charlotte is, you know, it gives you a feel for a bigger city, yes. but it's not too big that people don't know each other. Yes, um, very true. So, like, for me, like, when I started my business, you know, one of the things I was trying to figure out, I was like, okay, how am I going to grow this business? And I started it during the pandemic. so. To be able to like within like three phone calls or to be able to get in touch with someone who was, you know, the administrator for the Charlotte Angel Investing Fund. Him and I hopped on a phone call. He introduced me to like five other people. And it really started this ball of networking to where if I were in D.C., that wasn't going to happen. <laughs> so do you think cold, that's so true? Do you think cold calling works better here than it does? Oh, interesting. Because I coming from a big city, it's. And you call, and it's like, click. <laughs> Hello, money, click. <laughs> I think you get some of that, you know, some of that, I guess you say, southern hospitality kicks in when it comes down to cold calling to where it's like, people are a little bit more pleasant to where I have some friends that live in New York, and they're like, yeah, if someone cold calls them, they're like, they're not even going to be nice about like, hey, you got the wrong number, or I know I'm not interested. Like I said, it's immediately hang up. But I think... People here are a little bit more open to connecting with strangers and developing new relationships. So I will say it has made cold calling a lot easier in this environment than other cities I've been in. Yeah, and and that's kind of been my hang up is like I don't like cold calling because that's what I'm used to. It's like I've seen it. It's like, man, that's brutal. Like, how do you do that all day Right. and just get slammed it's like i don't know that i want to do that (laughs) so i'm not a cold caller and i don't know if y'all do it frequently or anything like that but (laughs) or never right (laughs) but i would say like and it's not quite a cold call like a cold introduction even if it's just like a linkedin and not like the obligatory like hey like i'd like to join your network blah 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 like not like that but any sort of thing that's even just on like the little bit of the cold side people are like oh like i'll give you the time of day 
Because it's Charlotte. It's, the Southern hospitality is a very real thing here, and it very much transfers to the business side of things of, hey, maybe you can help me, maybe I can help you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and it was part of the reason, like, I started a podcast was... Like, because my concern about doing cold calling, like, I got to have something to offer them right. as opposed to just, hey, I'm calling you and I want something from you. And so the podcast became a great way of like, you know, you know, kind of breaking the ice a little bit on some of those cold calls. Yeah. And then one of the things that I noticed in talking to different people is that, like I said, Charlotte's still small enough to where people are pretty connected to yeah. where, you know, you end a call with, hey, is there anybody else you recommend that I connect with? And every time I ask that question, people are like, hey, you should connect with at least two to three more people they would name. Right. And they're like, hey, I'll send an email introduction to where now it's a little bit of a warm call instead of pure cold call. That's exactly right. Yeah. yeah. And slight plug for your pocket. Business Talk Library, right? Yes. Finance yeah. and accounting. Yep. So the Business Talk Library, we have we started several different podcasts. So if people go to the businesstalklibrary.com, they can see like all the different projects we're working on and the different types of shows because we realize different audiences want different things. So we started a, a different business type show for different audiences. Very nice. And what type of podcast do you have in that? Library? Yeah. So one of them, like since we work with a lot of lawyers, we have uh, law and finance where we're talking with lawyers that are figuring out how to run the business side of a law firm because that's something they don't learn in law school. We have finance and accounting for people who have finance and accounting related businesses where I have on different founders of different organizations. They're talking about, you know, their journey and building their business. Like we've had a couple people that have like, you know, they've just hired their 150th employee. And they're just talking about what that journey was like. And then my wife and I, we do one, a new one called the CFO Game Plan, where we talk about like some of the finance strategies on, hey, the different things that you should pay attention to just to make sure your business is on a path to profitability and cash flow makes sense and stuff like that. Very nice. That is like an all-encompassing resource library. I mean, that's awesome. I highly recommend the dashboard episodes, by the way, unrelated. <laughs> Just if you're browsing through. Right. Yeah. You happen yeah. to see one, go for it. Yes, Pineapple Jack has been yeah. on there twice, so you that's definitely right. should check those out. <laughs> no, that's, there's well, so, there's one, so many one of the, Go ahead, Brian, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, one of the comments you made is something that I see a lot as well on the business side, which is, you have a lot of people that run very successful practices. Right? right, but they're actually running a business. Like even if you're a dentist or a chiropractor or a, you know a law firm, it's a practice, but it's also business. And a lot of times you're spot on. You know they don't teach that in business school, and you learn it as you go. So it's not like that. That's not there. But that's always been a big appeal to me is that there's groups like that that you know quite honestly are like not that I'm not making money. It's I just don't know exactly how to keep track of it and what to do with it. You know, and you highlighted that on the lawyer side. But yeah, that's. We see that a lot as well. And that's so true, too. And that's why folks need a fractional CFO, Terrell, and a business coach, Brian. And then Brian and I are just kind of here, but we're useful, <laughs> we promise. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking, one thing I'll say to that is, like, even earlier today, like, I was on the call with a gentleman that he owns a, you know, multiple practices. He's in Florida, and he owns, like, a pain management. So, like, when people get in accidents or rehabilitation, and we're looking at things, and, like, you know, his business is doing like $4 million in revenue from this. And we're talking through things and he's like, you know, 
we're doing good. These numbers look good, but I just don't understand how to even, you know, what these numbers are telling me. Right. And so he's like, I just learned how to sell stuff and how to develop relationships with people who refer us clients, but no one really taught me the business side, of, like all the other stuff. And so, I mean, I think that there are a ton of people that are like, like you know, what's it? They're running successful businesses, but they have no idea like how to keep it, you know, keep the train on the tracks. Yeah. Right. It's almost by accident. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly it's, right. It, they just fell into it, and I, I know plenty of business owners that they were got into insurance is kind of the vertical I'm in. Same thing. They don't really know how to run a business. They just got in at the time where you put an ad in the yellow pages, and boom, people called. You wrote insurance. And now you've got retention. Yeah, and they right. have retention, well, and that's exactly what it is. But they're two very different disciplines between running a business and being the practitioner of that business. Right. That's exactly right. And we're going to wrap yeah, up soon you, here, but Brian, go for it. it. Yeah, I was just going to say, you see a lot of businesses that are like that where they're successful, and you kind of almost scratch your head and say, like, it's almost in spite of your successful. But right. if, it, you know, if those people find something that they're really good at and they do it with excellence, it can cover up a lot of the maybe the business side of things that they have gaps on just because they manage to create something sustainable because it's based on something they're good at. I, I think you're exactly right. And I, obviously I shouldn't, I mean, you know that way better than I do as the business coach and talking to all the business that you do, but I think that's exactly right. Well, Terrell, hey man, thank you so much for coming on. This is a good comparison between a bunch of cities. We've got some business talk. This is a lot of good information. Thank you very much for coming on, man. Hey, thanks for having me, man. I always enjoy, I, I always tell everyone that I meet when they're like, hey, you've lived in different cities. Which one is your favorite? I mean, any chance to talk about Charlotte and why it and how it compares to other cities, I'm always game for that. Love it. Then we'll probably have to have you back on at some point. <laughs> That's fantastic, man. Thank you so much again. Why don't you go ahead and plug your business yes. and Do one more time. all your website and yeah, so it, definitely if people are looking for, you know, accounting and finance services, you can go to the tlturnergroup.com. And there we have just kind of, we have a lot of free resources there because one of the things that I tell people is we may not be the right firm for you, but just providing you with some pointers, you may be able to figure out some of the stuff on your own. And then also, you know, if you're looking for the podcast where we do a ton of episodes, like in the last two years, we've done what, 583 episodes? Holy crap. You can go to the businesstalklibrary.com and you'll see all of that there. Wow. Very nice. Very cool. Awesome. Well, thank you again, man. This was a pleasure and we'll talk soon. Thanks everybody for listening. If I had a perfect day, I would have it start this way. Open up the fridge and have a tall boy. Yeah. Then I'd meet